All right, let's go. This is episode 37, KT Confidential. I don't think I ever noticed your water. I love this thing. So this was given to me. This is a Yeti. um, I'm going to open it. It's not a thermos. Is it a thermos? Looks like one. It's a thermos, I guess. So you could put hot or cold liquids in there. And how's the ice doing? Is the ice still in one piece? Yeah. Yeah. So you could put that. Let me see. Well, it's melted, but. But that, Decent. that's been in there for, what time is it? 12 o'clock. That's been in there for four hours, and the ice is still not melted in the water. This thing looks like you can put a missile inside of it or something. Yeah, amazing. Great clients gave me this. For those of you listening, you can't see. Those of you watching can see. Personalized with my name and our logo. I love it. I use it. I take it everywhere. And it keeps water cold for it's like nice. 24 to 48 hours. Thoughtful gift. Very much so. Great people. Very nice. All right, episode 37. Yeah, so today I wanted to talk about misleading uh, prices because... Misleading. Misleading. What do you mean by misleading? There's a... There's one... I've run into this a few times. Prices of homes, obviously. Yes, obviously. We don't sell laptops or cars. Well, or not on a daily basis. Um... There's a local, one realtor locally who does the most annoying thing ever. Don't mention any names. Going to get yourself in trouble again. I won't. Pretend I didn't say local. I don't want to be accused of anything. But this person will often list a house. Let's say the value is, let's say it's worth about five, ten. Okay. okay. Based on your market analysis. Based on your market analysis. like okay. that's, that's what it should sell for. He will list it, they will list it <laughs> for, for like 505, okay? Okay. But he won't accept anything less than 510, but he's not holding offers. Right. So, so intentionally lists it below market value. Yeah. So not you, anticip- not like, setting up a quote unquote bidding war situation. Right. But actually telling you. Yeah, so you'll set you'll you'll you send know. an offer at five oh five, and they'll say, "Oh, we're not accepting anything less than five ten. Yeah, so his I see. the list so the list price is reasonable, and I'd say fair. Let's say in this particular situation, but they won't accept less than a little bit more than mm-hmm. asking. I always say when people ask me what is the value of this house, and we do a market analysis, um, I always give a one percent leeway, give or take one percent is always my answer. Um, based based on whatever number you give them. Yeah. Okay. Not the list price. Right. So if if something's actually worth five ten, realistically it could be worth five oh five. It could be worth five fifteen, roughly. Or to the right buyer, five thirty. Well, you know that brings up a whole other topic, which I brings something up that a lot of people wonder how do you arrive at like a 510 price we should chat about that but let's just talk about this specific scenario then so it's listed at 505 should be worth 510 to uh, the open market what's your beef well here's another example this is something i that i've recently come across um with clients first time home buyers so they're often the hardest to uh, convince a lot of people have this whole mentality. Uh, they've been raised that 
you know, why would you pay more than the sticker price referring to everything retail, right? Right. <clears throat> and they carry that mentality into buying a house. So there's another property uh, where they had originally listed it at, I'm going to make up numbers again, so I can't be accused of. Yeah, go ahead. Let's say it was listed for $630,000. Okay. Sat on the market, didn't sell. They reduced to five ninety nine, and held offers. And they didn't get any offers, but they kept it at five ninety nine. But the homeowner has this expectation of selling for over six hundred. So, um, you know, and I I valued it at let's say six twenty. Okay. Anyways, working with first time buyers. I uh, right off the start when I first meet with first time buyers or any buyers, I always say, you know, take the list price with a grain of salt because it's just one person's opinion of value or it's just a, uh, a number. Right? A home is only worth as much as somebody is willing right. to pay for it. So this particular home was worth, in my opinion, $620,000. Okay. Um, they had it listed for five ninety nine. They wouldn't accept five ninety nine, so they wanted more. So we came in higher. It was really difficult to convince them, uh, despite having this conversation with with them beforehand, saying, "Don't get fixated on that number. It doesn't mean anything necessarily. It, it may be low. It may be high. Just wait. I'll give you my opinion once we find a house you're interested in." Um, but I think it backfires. Like that one. We probably would have listed it at, let's say, I don't know, six nineteen nine or something like that, and probably got what we wanted quickly. Or more. Yeah. So, um, anyways, when you're buying a house, this applies, I think, more heavily to first-time buyers. Don't get fixated on the price. There's a lot of different strategies, and there is a lot of inventory on the market right now where if you look at it, there are a ton of homes that are overpriced. There are homes that are underpriced. There are homes that are priced right on the money and anything in between. So the only thing that you should be focused on is the home, the location, your needs and wants. Let the realtor do the market analysis to properly advise you. And that's the other thing. When you have, let's say in the town of Milton, there's a fair number of agents in Milton, uh, only maybe two handfuls of good uh, realtors that produce at a high level um, because it is a smaller town. So we get a lot of realtors from out of town. And what happens is, you know, people move from Toronto to Milton. They have loyalty to their Toronto realtor. And when they're ready to sell, maybe they call that person and say, hey, we're thinking of moving. And that Toronto realtor only does a handful of deals a year and says, oh, yeah, I'll be there on Monday uh, to list your home. Um, they are not living in the market day in and day out. They don't know the Milton market. And same can be applied for most cities, most towns, most areas. Um, you have to have your pulse on the market. You can do it if you're a good realtor. You can do it by following the market closely or doing a proper analysis and going to visit some of the homes. Um, but you have to know what buyers are willing to pay for at that given time in that given market. Well, 
to that note, though, um, a good realtor, uh, just like an appraiser, should be able to go into any market and have an access to enough data to properly price a house. Yes, but data doesn't always speak the truth. Um, there are, well, as an example, we put an offer for one of our clients on a on a condo, and this particular condo has two underground spaces of which those spaces are side by side. Spaces being for parking. Two underground parking spaces. Yes. Correct. Yes, sorry. Did I'm just I, clarifying. Was, that wasn't clarified? No. Well, I don't know. Um, two underground parking spaces side by side. So it gives you that flexibility that, first of all, you can open your doors a little bit wider. Maybe you can store... Um, your winter tires right next to your car. Some places let you do that or your bike. Or, or one big Hummer. One big Hummer if you want to park in the middle so nobody's uh, opening the doors on, on your car, whatever. It's very convenient to have two side-by-side spaces. And in these particular buildings that we've been looking at, um, it's harder to come by. It's definitely harder to come by. This particular unit also has beautiful views of the escarpment. Um, versus um, the other side of the building where you're facing the parking lot. Uh, this particular building is the only building that has garbage chutes where they forgot to put it in the other building. And, you know, small details that you become intimately aware of that provide value in the current market. Because I know right now there are a ton of buyers looking for condos with two underground spaces, specifically in Milton. Um, so they're on high demand. Uh, we were the second showing in yesterday, and um, um, we put an offer in. The first showing also put an offer in, um, but we were there right away, and um, you know you capitalize on that. So you have to know what the pulse of the market is. Um, sometimes you can ask a little bit more when the supply is low for a specific um, home of any kind, um, or sometimes you do have to price it a little bit less I don't if know you what want the, to. I'm lost on what the point of the conversation was well we were talking about how uh, you go about valuing things at different times and intimate uh, right, right. Okay. Uh, knowledge Sorry. of the the market right so in this situation of yours of that townhome that was priced at 510 or whatever you said 500 and you thought it's 520 and they priced it at 505 or whatever but wouldn't accept more than anything less than 510 um was that because supply is low? No, it was just a bad, it was a mistake. They should have priced it properly. They would have sold sooner. And so why, why do you think they did that? Because it was a terrible, just a bad decision. It could have been the realtor. It could have been the homeowner. So what, but what do you think their mindset was in doing that? Is the mindset price it low and... and well, initially with the first see, price... I think... The first price reduction was probably, let's reduce it 30 grand to... Five ninety nine or whatever. It's more attractive than six thirty. No, no, I'm talking about the other example you gave of that. Oh. Uh, so uh, of that agent that always prices right below the market well, value. Well, see, because my thought is they do that intentionally to create a bidding war without physically saying in the listing offers are being presented on such and such date because that can turn off people, especially yes. for first time home buyers. I find a lot of first-time home buyers don't want to get an, into a multiple offer situation, mostly because they're not educated properly. 
they don't want to get into a so bidding war. I, I will say, though, with these, the two um, specific times I remember it with this particular realtor, the listings were on the market for a long time. So I think while you're not directly trying to generate or create a bidding war, quote unquote, um, I think for a lot of buyers, they're just going to be, well, fuck that. I'm not going to play these games. If they're, you yep. know, if they're not going to accept the list price, I'm not going to spend three, four, five thousand dollars. It can backfire for asking just out of spite, right? So it would a hundred percent it backfires. They'll just say, well, I'll wait for it to sit on the market and come down in price and then I'll buy it later. If they change your mind, let me know. I'll keep looking. There's enough inventory that we'll keep looking. And that's that's what it is. When there's a lot of inventory or a decent amount of homes coming on the market, which there's a pretty constant flow right now, people will just wait. Unless they love the house and there's something really unique about it. In these cases, there wasn't. Well, and that goes back to my point of understanding the market. Like if it's a replace easily replaceable home, especially in, in you know, areas of Halton and Peel region, there are a lot of homes that are quote unquote cookie cutter homes. So the home that you live in, there's probably a hundred of them within a few mile radius. The home that I live in, there's probably 60 or 70 of them in a, you know, few mile radius. So very replaceable, unless it's something that just, you know, is a, a unique lot where you're backing onto a yeah, or a pool odd, home at the right time of year, or like just incredibly well done. You know, there's certain circumstances where it may work. Yeah, but typically, people aren't stupid. Yeah, but the point of this is, pricing is one person's opinion of value or one person's strategy. Well, we even see it here. Even though we end up close, like when when we have a listing presentation or a buyer offer, oftentimes we get together as a team and you'll have six or seven different opinions. Um, I'll just go back to the home that we purchased, uh, what, a month and a half ago or so, closing on it in a month. Um, we asked everybody for their opinion. We had a $70,000 variance yeah. on that. Now- given nobody has seen that property so we were just doing it based on verbal and and the listing itself um and it is a bit of an oddball home um so there can be varying opinions but i guarantee you whether it's our team or we just gather 20 realtors together to get their opinion on any home you will have probably 20 different numbers for sure so, um, again, I'll say it again. I've said it many, many times. A home is only worth as much as somebody's willing to pay for it. Well, another thing that I hate regarding pricing, and it ties into kind of like false advertising sort of stuff, which also drives me bonkers, is um, I remember a house. It was on a street near us a while. This is going back quite a while. Anyways, it was listed for whatever it was listed for. You and I went through it just to preview the property while it was for sale. And I think we left there saying something along the lines of, oh, this is about $80,000 undervalued. The, the list price is about eighty k off of what it should sell for. And then a couple of weeks later, it sold. Uh, being that we both live in the area... Got a flyer or something at the door said, sold for 80000 over asking. Well, uh, right. 
you sold for what it should have sold for. And now your fucking advertising is misleading and uh, you're trying to convince people that... Technically, it's not misleading because they did sell well, it for not 80K mis- over asking. The message, the intention of it is misleading. You're trying to say, oh, I did a fantastic job. Well, no, you didn't. You did what you should have done. You maybe could have done better, right? So that stuff drives me crazy. Sold over asking. Um, never pay attention to those things. I wonder if there would be some way I've to I've seen people regulate. do it when they sell it for $100 over asking. I wonder if... Yeah, well, technically they're correct. I wonder if there would be some way to regulate the whole pricing of homes in terms of the advertising portion of it. So like a realtor would have to get a an appraisal done and then you can market for whatever purpose you want, but based on that appraisal value. So if it, if the home was appraised by a professional independent appraiser at 900,000 and you listed it at for 900,000 or 875, let's say you listed that $900,000 appraised home for 875 and it sold for 910 instead of saying it sold for $35,000 over asking. Well, here's uh, another You would problem. say $10,000 over appraised value you or would, something like you that. You would think that makes sense because then you have something that would be considered legit and professional that you're comparing it against, except appraisers are just as bad. I had an appraiser once that was appraising true. one of our properties <laughs> for something that said, hey, do you want me to come in on the high end or the low end? Like, I want fucking value. I want you to tell me what the home is worth. Well, and uh, the home that we purchased, which we know is... Quite a bit right. under value. Our Probably, broker, who we deal with all the time, yes. sent the appraiser out there, and we asked him when he was here, what What did the appraisal come back at? Oh, what you paid for it. Yeah. Well, bullshit. All the guy did was, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the house is worth that much. Because the house we bought is anywhere from, six, f- I don't know, 40 to... 140. 40 to 60K <laughs> more, yeah. right? Yeah. Realistically. 10%. Yeah. And they came back at the price we paid, which is... There's no way it's yep. worth more. And then he said they will never, an appraiser working for a bank will never come in with a higher valuation than what you pay. Yeah. Whether so. or not that's true, I don't know. But um, yeah, no, I, I I didn't mean appraisers specifically. I'm just no, wondering, is there a way There's to no regulate way. something like that? Because um, it, it's, it really is false advertising and it's, it's, it doesn't do anybody any justice. Um, and of course, you want, uh, as a realtor, you want to look good that you sold your uh, listing at a great valuation. But for the average public, they don't know if that valuation is good, bad or other. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. Or it's like back in 2017 when we had lineup of people on our listings... And you would still price things realistically, but those you well, sell the house for $150,000 over asking. Those were often just arbitrary numbers. Well, like, for sure. And, and But in that market, buyers knew it, right? So they were prepared to spend more. And they were lining up to bid. So there's other false advertising stuff that drives me crazy. There's um, one person uh, that says... The only, the only real estate team to have a five-star rating on Google on their website. First thing on their website. And then if you read the fine print, it says actually 4.9. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
anyways, it just drives me crazy. None of this stuff is governed. Like, if you were to file a complaint, it would take six to eight months to get a response. I don't know. Nothing's ever going to change. Education for the viewing audience, I guess, slowly but surely. Yeah. Got to educate the uh, average consumer. And that's why it's so important that consumers do their due diligence when hiring a brokerage to represent them and a realtor. You either get somebody that knows what they're doing or you don't. There is no in-between anymore. Yeah. And that's why they say 99, there are 53 or maybe even more now, 53,000 realtors in the GTA. And was, you know the stat. Yeah. 1% of that 53,000 do 99% of the transactions. Well, I was chatting with somebody recently who's taking the course. Thank God we're one of those 1%. And, and he said there are about, he found out there's 40,000 people enrolled in the course. Enrolled. <laughs> enrolled in the, yeah, enrolled in the course to become a realtor. Did you know over half of the realtors in the GTA did one deal or less all of 2019 or all of 2018? Because there's a lot of part-time people or people that just haven't just in case, which. Anyway, let's get off this. Um, let's get to some more uh Personal stuff, maybe, or personally related. Are you doing any more work around your house? You did some work uh, last week. Anything planned? I bought a hose reel. Hose reel? Yeah. One of the ones that you wind up or one of the ones that you actually have to manually... What do you mean wind up? You literally just went one way with your hand and then turned the other way. What's the difference? Well, that was just the motion I made. Oh. Yeah, you have to wind it. Right. Yes, and it swings in and out, so you can fold it more flush in to your the wall. garage or in the backyard. Backyard, except I didn't think my house is all vinyl siding, so you can't just screw it in. I need to find studs first of all, which is hard to do through vinyl. So I'm gonna have to cut. Oh, a piece you haven't out. installed it yet. No, because I have to cut the vinyl siding out, install a piece of wood, screw that into the studs, caulk around the wood. So, so I it's bought a bit one of a project last year, the year before. The box, the garden box. I've seen yours. It sits on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want something on the ground. Why? Because I like things off the ground. Oh, okay. Well, you have a little garden that you could put it in. No, because then the hose would cut across the lawn. Oh, I see you're that particular. Yeah, I'm going to install it just above the hose bib. Got it. Neatly tucked away. Any other projects? Nope. I'm, I'm freezing spending at the house. I've done a lot of work to it. Your car lease is coming due shortly. Have you made a decision? Uh, I was going to buy it out, but it's not worth the buyout. So it's not, eh? No, because it's the old model. How many kilometers? No, are I on just it? mean, uh, oh, you, uh, not many, like sixty k. Mm -hmm. I don't drive too much. Um, it's not worth buying out because I can buy the same thing used for two to three grand less. Right. Although, if I was to go that route, I'd see the value in that for having it as I've owned it since new. I know it's history. Um, so I'll probably just lease the same thing again. The new version of your car? Yeah. Not willing to look at other options, other manufacturers, bigger vehicles, fancier vehicles, I don't less fancy? No. I don't see, um, 
Cars don't, they excite me, but I don't see, I see them as a waste of money. It's a depreciating asset. Yes. It's a bad spend of money. It is, and I don't want to do that right now. So I'll stick with the same thing or find something comparable, but I won't go up. To get something that excites me, I'd have to double, triple my payment. Which becomes a mortgage payment. Yeah, which wouldn't make sense. I'd rather stick with this car, maybe buy another house. So and you know what? On that note, like there are, and I had this conversation with someone recently, there are so many expensive vehicles. Like how many Tesla Model Xs are on the road? I see them all the time. That's a $150,000 vehicle. Who's, th- there can't be that many people making that kind of money. There are a lot of, man, I was in a house, when was it? Last week. A rental property. A rental property, okay? 2400 and, I don't know, twenty four to 2500 bucks a month rental. Currently tenanted. That means the people living in the home right now are tenants. Okay. Paying about the same amount of rent. I went to show the property. The tenants were actually there. Guess what was in their driveway? What? Same vehicle as mine. So? Brand new BMW X5. I don't see the point. Because they're renting? You're paying, I don't know how much a month for your SUV. Yeah. A depreciating asset. I I wouldn't judge them based on that. And you can... Well, you just talk about spending money... No, I know, but I'm saying maybe they, like, there are a lot of people with the mentality that uh, you don't own a house. You should just, or sorry, you don't own the house you live in. You rent the house you live in. Right. So they may own 10 other properties. So I, I wouldn't judge people based on that. But I've also, we've also been in the car business in our previous careers. And I saw a lot of people coming through the business office. I did a lot of the finance applications, people spending way more money than they should. And we see it with houses, too. People just trying to keep up with the Joneses, buying bigger houses, fancier houses. Cars have gotten so expensive, though. Yeah, but they just make it more attractive. They they say, oh, pay weekly. 100 bucks weekly. Lease it for 60 months, weekly payment of $120 a a, a payment. Yeah. But anyway, so it just blows me away. I I can't believe how many expensive cars are on the road. I just wonder where people are getting all this money. Is the X that much money? Yeah. 150 k 150K. Do you know? 120 to 150,000. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Although I would assume those hold their value quite well. And Well, I believe that Tesla, Tesla lease vehicles. Do they lease? I don't know. I don't think so. I believe they guarantee in the beginning when they first came out, the Model S, I think was the, that was their first vehicle. They said that um, they would guarantee that the car would hold... 50% value for eight years. Wow. That's a long time. That's huge. Most leases for four years aren't retaining that kind of value. Yeah. So. Well, uh, so moral of today's podcast, if well, the, you're out on the, uh, if you're in the market for purchasing a home, even if you're in the market for selling your home, got to do the proper due diligence on the pricing. If you're out there buying don't get fixated on the list price. Could be too high, could be too low. Might be right, but you don't know. That's a great way to end.
episode 37. You like that rhyme? I do. And I gotta go.